Well, once again, good morning. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we're in the third week, the final week, actually, of this short little series that we're doing on, uh, that we're calling Real Spirituality, where we're looking at movies that were released uh, last year and what they may teach us about God, about the nature of our hearts, about the nature of our souls, and how they might spark spiritual conversations uh, with, within our, our congregation and just within our families. And this week we're finishing up this series with a look of the remake of the classic movie Ben-Hur. Uh, Ben-Hur is, is set in the time of Jesus, actually, and it tells a story of Judah Ben-Hur, a, a prince who is falsely accused of treason against Rome and is by his adopted brother Masala and is, is uh, through some situations and circumstances, is a slave uh, and for about five or six years or so, and, and he returns as after being a slave with vengeance and hatred and seeking revenge for all that Masala has done to him and to his family. But in the midst of this stuff going on, Judah encounters Jesus because all this stuff is happening in the time of Jesus. And Judah actually sees Jesus. And in seeing Jesus, he finds redemption. And throughout the whole movie, Judah has been driven by hate. And in the scene you just saw moments ago, he tells his wife, Esther, that his faith was not strong enough to bring him back, that it had to have been hate to keep him alive. And he actually says that he became hate, and that was what brought him back. But in his hate, in his unforgiveness, it caused more pain and trouble, and it blinded him for all the things that were going on in his life. And he says, what else do I have in the scene? And you heard his wife say, you have me. And yet unforgiveness, bitterness, spitefulness, and, and rage and vengeance blinded him to all that was good around him. And it is only when he encounters Jesus and that he sees a different way, a way of forgiveness, where he sees someone willingly forgive, that his eyes are opened to the damage that hate and unforgiveness and spitefulness, vengeance has brought upon himself and those around him. So my question for us to wrestle with this morning as we look into this movie a little bit and into the scriptures and what they may teach us about our life, my question for us is how, has, how have you experienced unforgiveness or hate? And how has it either someone's unwillingness to forgive you or your unwillingness to forgive them? How has it damaged your relationships? And how has it even damaged your very soul or the souls around, of those around you? You see, the cycle of unforgiveness is around us all the time, and it touches each of our life in some way, shape, or form. And if we spent any time this morning going around the room and just looking for stories, we would hear stories of play, where places where unforgiveness and, and vengeance has blinded us and has caused a deeper rift in relationships all around us, has, has caused a wedge, if it were, to be shoved in the middle of a relationship. Because there's a great tendency for us to be people who hold on to grudges, to seek vengeance, to seek uh, retaliation. And this morning, as we consider this movie and what it may be telling us about our soul and about the power of God, what I'd like us to look at for a few moments this morning is the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness and the freedom that comes when we learn to be people who forgive. And the freedom that comes 
when we learn to be these kind of people. And it can be difficult. I agree. But this morning, I want to suggest that the way of forgiveness is better than the way of bitterness. That the way of forgiveness is better. And while it may be perhaps the most difficult thing you may learn in your entire life, it is something that we can grow in and can be something we learn to do. Because the way of forgiveness is better. As we looked at last week a little bit, that we are not given maturity in an instant, but in Christ we are, giving all the resor- we are given all the resources we need to attain maturity. And one of the ways in which we see this happen is in our ability to forgive. While we may not be able to forgive in an instant, we are given the capacity and all the resources in Christ to be able to grow in our capacity to be people to forgive. Where we're no longer dominated or driven by bitterness and spiteful vengeance and unforgiveness. And so this morning, what I'd invite you to do is think of a relationship where forgiveness is needed in your life. A situation that you find that may be difficult to forgive. And if we're honest, even if we're just honest in your own heart right now, bitterness and anger and resentment has began to dominate that relationship of yours. So as we go this morning, I want you to think of that and keep that relationship in the front of your mind. But let's pray and we'll get started. Father, Son, and Spirit, we are humbled to be before you this morning. And as the song we sang just moments ago, we want to hear you. We want your spirit to have his way in our hearts. So lower our defenses and may my words be your words and may we hear from you this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, forgiveness is one of those things we talk a lot about. It gets a lot of lip service, but it's hard to do in practical terms. It's hard to actually live it out. Because when we've been wronged by someone or something, our natural response is to lash out and let them know how difficult or how damaging it has been to us and let them know how bad it is and then make them suffer a little bit because of all the pain that they've caused us, how terrible their decision was. Well, this happened to me not so long ago. I was driving to church, and I was going on the 309 coming from uh, that side of town coming in. And you may know that right around the fairgrounds, the road changes from a two-lane road to a one-lane road. And in California, when you drive, whoever's in the front of the two lanes there has the right to merge. I was on the right-hand lane, and I was in front of the person next to me, and I needed to merge. And so I did. Well, somehow my merging into this lane, offended the person behind me, and they were seen as a threat somehow, and uh, they sped up to cut me off. So, you know, I did what every Christ-loving person would do. I just, I punched it, and I got right in front of them. (laughs) I mean, my lane was ending. I was not about to go off the side of the road, so I quickly just merged right in front of them. Well, that doesn't go so well for this person. They, They actually didn't think it very kindly, and they told me. Multiple times. They came right up on my bumper. They uh, gently or not so gently beeped on their horn a few times. And although they told me I was number one, I, I don't quite think they meant that by that finger. They were saying something else. And, wh- and I couldn't hear them in their car. I could see their mouth moving. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't encouraging words as I came into church that day. Because from their perspective, 
I offended them. I, I wronged them. For some reason, they wanted to be in front of me, which I really don't understand because about 30 seconds later, they turned into a parking lot, which just really got me going. But from their perspective, that's another sermon. From their perspective, I had wronged them and I had done something bad. And I know it's a simple example. And there are really, truthfully, many times when my reaction is to lash out against them. And there I was, and truthfully, I was very tempted when they were riding my tail, although it, just to tap my brakes real quickly for them, just to know, get off my tail. But, uh, but we've been invited friends, we've been invited to apprenticeship to Jesus where we're learning from him to easily and routinely do what he would do if he were living our life. And if we look at Jesus, if we look at the life of Jesus, we see a person who learns and who knows the way of forgiveness. It is what he's known for. It is what he came to do. He's all about forgiveness. And we have this heightened desire for revenge and vengeance. And when we do, it distorts our ability to think clearly. And it distorts our ability to follow Jesus. When we have a heightened sense of vengeance or retaliation or spitefulness or bitterness, it distorts our ability to follow Jesus. And this was true in the movie, Ben-Hur, for Judah. He was so captivated by bitterness and by hatred that it ruled his heart, and it had distorted everything. And he was unable to see the blessings and the good things that were even right before him. All the good and lovely, great things that were right there, he couldn't see it because he had been blinded by his hatred and by his spiteful vengeance. Bitterness had taken root in his heart, and it was bad for him. And it wasn't until he witnessed Jesus, a person willingly to lay down his life and freely offer forgiveness to those who were unjustly crucifying him, that Judah witnessed the freedom that comes from a person learning the life of forgiveness. Judah witnessed the freedom that comes to the heart of a person who was learning to walk away from bitterness and revenge and spiteful and taking up the way of Jesus. And while it may be a hard thing to do, learning to be someone who forgives is also the best thing we can do for our very hearts. It is hard because we have desires to hold on to and grasp a hold of seeing someone have uh, uh, vengeance sent onto them or cling to a, a grudge that we want to hold on to because it's just painful to let it go. But it can be the best thing for our very souls because we draw close to the heart of God because the heart of God is all about forgiveness. So friends, the way of bitterness, of unforgiveness, it shrinks your soul and it shrinks mine. It will eat away at your relationships and it will limit your capacity to experience the richness of life with God. Have you experienced that in a relationship? Have you seen the way unforgiveness just wreaks havoc and eats away at relationships and shrinks people's souls. It is truly best and it is better for your heart, for your soul, for your relationship to learn to be a person who forgives rather than one who holds a grudge. To learn to be someone who freely gives forgiveness because that is at the heart of God to forgive. It is my deep hope for you this morning 
that you will learn to be a person who is increasing in the ability to forgive. And to help us with this, we have two passages I want to consider this morning. The first one is from the book of Ephesians. And the Apostle Paul is writing to his friends in Ephesus. And this is what he says. He says to them, to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loves us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. You see in this passage that the way of forgiveness, of being someone who is growing in your ability to offer forgiveness, begins with understanding how God has forgiven you and how God has offered forgiveness to you. And throughout the entire scriptures, we see God as a God who forgives graciously, not because we deserve it. Scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God offers forgiveness graciously. But not just graciously. God offers forgiveness freely. Without need for you to do enough penance or earn it or pay it back. But it is willingly given freely. God forgives graciously for you. And he forgives freely for you. And he forgives deeply for you. Regardless of the sin and the shame and the wrongdoing and the unrighteousness and the damage that you have caused in another person's heart and another person's life, God forgives and washes over deeply. Though your sin is as scarlet, says the Lord, I will make them white as snow, he says. Paul describes in his letter to the Corinthians a whole list of, of people that are sinners and wretched people, and he says, of whom you have been like them until Jesus got a hold of you and washed you clean. God forgives deeply, but God also forgives repeatedly. The Apostle John tells us in his letter that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is righteous to forgive us our sins. And the word faithful there means that he will do it. He's sure to do it. Which means he will do it repeatedly, again and again. I hope you understand this about our great God. I hope you understand that this is the way that God forgives. That you're in your life, you have experienced the great gift of God's forgiveness. That he forgives graciously to you, freely, deeply, and repeatedly for you. And for some of you this morning, this is your nugget. This is what you need to take away. To receive God's forgiveness for the extravagant gift it actually is. And stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to assume that at least you're not as bad as the other guy. And stop trying to receive God's forgiveness as something because you've paid it off or you've kind of done enough penance. But you receive the forgiveness as the extravagant gift that it actually is. That it is forgiven gracefully. And it is given freely to you. And it is forgiven deeply you, and it will be forgiven repeatedly for you. 
And like I said, for some of you this morning, this is the truth that you need to take with you today. This is the nugget that you need to a little sit with and let it marinate in your soul and let it do its work. And for all of us, as we've been called to apprenticeship to Jesus, as we receive Jesus's and God's forgiveness, the call is to be people to learn from Jesus and to let go of bitterness and learn to walk the long, hard road of forgiveness. To learn to walk the road of forgiveness. That our experience of forgiveness, of God's forgiveness on our heart, drives us to become forgiving people ourselves who forgive in the same manner that Christ forgave us. So in that relationship you've been thinking about this morning, what would it look like for you to forgive graciously? What would it look like for you to forgive freely, deeply, and repeatedly? Let me add this because I'm very aware of some of us that we face uh, excruciating pain for a variety of hurts. And when we forgive, it does not mean that we do not use wisdom in regarding the other person and our relationship with them. It does not mean that we put ourselves in the exact same place in the position again to be hurt and wounded over and over again. And it does not mean that people will have to face consequences of their actions and that the pain and the hurt that is caused may indeed cause a, a permanent break in the relationship. And while we need to mourn the break of that relationship, the way of forgiveness means that you, in your heart, let go of the need for a grudge and for the need to demise or, or for their demise or to think for them ill will. It is important for us and for our hearts to not get so entangled with anger and bitterness that there is little room left for genuine love for another person. And while it's not easy, while it's not easy, and it does not happen by osmosis, by just wishing it happening, we can learn to walk the road of forgiveness. As I mentioned, it's something we can learn to do, which that leads me to the next passage I want to look at. It's in Luke chapter 17. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and this is what he says to them. He says, watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. And then if there's repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. The apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. And the Lord answered, if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and thrown into the sea and it would obey you. The apostle said, show us how to increase our faith. You see, Jesus is saying that forgiveness is not something that's a once and done thing. It's not something that just happens one time. It's not a little drop in the bucket. It's a pattern. It's a trajectory of our heart. It's a way of living. So how do we learn how to be this? How do we learn how to be someone who's growing in our area of forgiveness? And the relationships that may be entwined with bitterness and anger and rage, discord and conflict. How do we learn from Jesus here? Well, the first thing I think we need to do is we need to uh, begin with humility. Begin with humility. We spoke a little bit about this last week, but again, humility is a key to our growing in maturity. And in the area of forgiveness, humility is our starting place. 
We have to wrestle and grapple with the very truth that the line that divides good and evil cuts right through the heart of every human being. It cuts through my heart and it cuts through your heart. And while there may be differing degrees of hurts, each of us carry within ourselves the capacity to be in the wrong. Each of us carry within ourselves the capacity to deeply hurt another person, to wound someone, to say something, to do something that will hurt and bring harm to them. And this truth needs to resonate into our very bones, and we must be, become acutely aware of our own ability to wound someone. And while it may be tempting for us to play the victim and to always see that all the pain and the hurt that's come into our life, the ugly truth that we have to face down is that you and I can be perpetrators of pain in another person. And we have to be willing to see it for what it is. And we must repent of this. We must repent. And we must humbly recognize that the line cutting good and evil goes right through our hearts. And we have the capacity to be just as mean-spirited as someone else. Well, second aspect of growing in forgiveness is to actually talk about it and confront the person who is doing the harm to us. To confront them, to confront them, not in a vindictive way, not in a way to just spite them, but in a way to let them know that what has happened, to not keep it inside, to not bottle it up, not let it just stew around us, and, side note, not go around to every other person around the room and let them know how badly that person has treated us, but to go directly to them and to let them know what has happened. In the passage, we're told that when we are hurt, to go to the person who has hurt us and to redemptively let them know the pain that that has caused us. Some of the most damaging things that we can do in our relationships is when we think, when we keep the hurts welled up in our hearts and just let them stew and let them just kind of boil over. And the other person sometimes is just completely oblivious to the pain that they've caused. And anger and bitterness and rage multiplies when it's in the dark. And we may, if we're not careful, we may slide into a desire where we secretly want to see the other person fail and to see them hurt themselves. And our soul shrinks in the process. Perhaps there's a a conflict that you have with someone, and there's a, a relationship that's going on. What would it look like for you to redemptively approach them and let them know of what's been happening? Lovingly let them know of the conflict between you. Not vindictively, not spitefully, but lovingly and redemptively let them know and not do it behind their back not do it to the other people around so it finally eventually hopefully gets around to them but you go to them what would that look like well third thing that we can learn to grow in forgiveness is exactly what the apostles asked jesus is we need to learn to pray that god would increase our faith that god would increase our faith The apostles knew that this way of forgiving this way of life of forgiving was way beyond them And it was difficult to do. And they needed God's grace in order to release them from the burden of vengeance and spitefulness and bitterness. And you and I are going to need the Spirit's help as well. You and I are going to need the Holy Spirit to come in and give us the strength to forgive. To let go of the need to hold a grudge. Forgiveness is one of the highest virtues that you can attain. If you find a person who has real character, real integrity, real depth of character, you'll find someone who's humble in nature 
and who graciously, freely, and deeply forgives. On the contrary, if you find someone who has bitterness in their soul and carries that unforgiving spirit with them, you're going to find someone who has lack of character, a lack of depth of heart in their, in their soul. So a practical thing for you and I to do is simply pray for an increased heart of forgiveness for the relationship that is in need of it right before us. This is not something that we manufacture on our own. It's not something that we do by wishing it. But our souls desperately need it. Desperately need it. And so we pray along with the apostles, Lord, increase our faith. For some of you, You've allowed bitterness to dominate your hearts. And this morning, it may be a good morning to walk one step toward forgiveness. Not perfection. We're not talking maturity in an instant. We're talking one step at a time. And for some of you, you have allowed bitterness and unforgiveness to rule your heart. And this morning may be a good morning to take one step towards forgiveness, to release the need to watch another person in pain or suffer and watch a gr- hold a grudge over them and to learn to begin to let it go. It's not an easy road, but it is better for your soul. It is better for your heart. So can I encourage you this morning to simply take one step toward forgiveness. Just take one. And my prayer for us this morning, my prayer for me this morning is that we would be people who begin to increase in our ability to forgive. In humility, we would be aware of our own capacity to perpetrate pain on another person and we would repent of it and we would realize that the line dividing good and evil cuts right through my own heart and I would learn to seek God's forgiveness and see how he has forgiven me and it would lead me to the path and the way of forgiveness for it is better for my soul that way. We would be people who do not let anger and and bitterness and, and hatred to grow in the dark. And we would not be people who spread that kind of anger or hatred to other people, but we would be people who diligently prayed for an infusing of the Holy Spirit in our lives that would enable us to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Graciously. Freely. Deeply and repeatedly. Let's pray. Father, increase our faith. We are deeply sorry for the ways in which we have carried hate or bitterness, unforgiveness in our heart in a for a key relationship of ours. Release our hands that we may let go of the grudges and of the need for revenge and vengeance. And may we trust you. May we trust your ways to be good and righteous. And may we experience the sweetness of life with you. It's in your name. Amen. Father, we pray that you would increase our faith, that we may walk the road of forgiveness, that we might understand 
your ways. And that you would give us the ability, Father, as we go today, we go in your power, we pray that your spirit would have his way in our hearts and in our lives and that we may be ambassadors of you, of your forgiveness. Teach us your ways, we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning.